So are you persisting against or are you pursuing after the will of God? So some people want to persist against the will of God, and, uh, and that's not a good thing. But, of course, we want to pursue and walk in the will of God. So every decision is important. Every decision that you make is important, and it must be made in the conscious presence of God Almighty with the best of your ability to follow after the will of God. Every decision with the best of your ability to follow after God's will. Samuel made a terrible decision. Eli also previously made a terrible decision, right, with his own sons. And the Israelites, they did as well in persisting to have a king. A lot of bad decisions being made. When you make a decision without fully seeking the Lord, church, there could be grave, long-standing consequences. We don't want that. Now, we know we serve a God of mercy. We know that God is very merciful. But we also don't want to continue to make these decisions that would bring on a judgment because of our persisting in going the wrong way against the will of God. Right? So decisions are decisions that we make. They either lead to a tragic end or a blessed end. We, if I was to ask you, you would all say, I want the blessed end. But how you walk and how you make decisions really matters in your life. Okay, all of you. So we have to hear the Spirit of God regardless of the pressures all around us. See, the enemy is always trying to put pressures all around you so that you make the wrong decisions. Am I speaking to anybody tonight? Am I speaking? Oh, yeah. So we don't want to make the wrong decisions simply because, number one, we see everybody else doing it. Number two, because we want to please somebody. Number three, because we just feel all this opposition and it's just easier. It's easier to go with the flow than to do what is right. Oh, no. We never signed up to do what is easier. We always said, Lord, no matter what, I serve you, right? I am talking to the right group. Right? Lord, no matter what, I will worship you. No matter what, I will please you. No matter what. That no matter what comes at a cost. Somebody told you it was going to be easy to lie. It comes at a cost. But the cost that Jesus paid is so far. He paid such a higher cost that we shouldn't even, we should never even come out of our mouths. Right? Countless times, countless times over the years, you know, I've been in positions where, where everyone would wanted to go in the opposite direction or, or they were wanting to go in a certain direction and they would come to me and, and, and say, this is, this is it. This is what we're supposed to do. This is it. And it wasn't God. Just because the majority is going in a certain way and will give you scriptures to back it up doesn't necessarily mean it's God. We have to have wisdom and discernment to be able to discern what is truly of God and then have the boldness to stand in your own position and say that's not the Lord. We have to. We have to hear God. We have to hear and understand and then follow after the will of God. So many times, do you know that against all odds, and I'm saying this to you because you're going to need to do it too if you haven't already. I'm sure many of you already have. But against all odds, I have followed after the will of the Lord, though it cost everything. 
everything and everyone at one time or another. Follow after the will of God. Know the will of God and follow after the will of God and be willing to stand alone. Be willing to stand alone if necessary. So we're hearing right now this word because there's way too much mixture out there in the church. And we are not walking in the compromised church. Amen. We're not tolerating the compromised church. Amen. Now listen, I'm not saying that nobody ever makes a mistake. I'm talking about the sin that continues and that you just continue and allow in your life and you just think, well, God is a forgiver and you justify poor behavior. You know, the Lord is coming back for a pure, spotless bride and we that are pursuing after him, not in works of flesh, but after the spirit of God, he's the one that fills us and equips us to literally do that because it is his will. It's his will. Walk in the spirit. When we walk in the spirit and we listen to his instruction, oh, we're not going to gratify the desires of the flesh, are we? Yeah, we got to walk in the spirit. Like I told you on our midweek service, 100% and... 100% of the time. Some of you were here. It was a very rainy morning this past week. Very, it was pouring. When we first got here, it was pouring. We had to wipe everything down that we carried in from the car. I mean, it was pouring. And let me tell you, but the Spirit of God poured out just as much as the rain was pouring out there, the rain was pouring in here. The Spirit of God... And I told you about abiding in him. John 15 and verse 7. About abiding in the vine. And if you abide in the vine, if you abide in his word and his word abides in you, you will ask that which you desire and it shall be done unto you. Abiding, and I told you to abide 100% and 100% of the time. We have to continue. Keep on keeping on. We get to continue. There is no other way to live. There's no way. There is no other way to live that's going to give glory to God and that's going to satisfy you because you are born again. Well, I'll tell you right now. The, the Bible, okay, even, Paul even said in the word of God, I will not boast in myself, but I will boast in the Lord. We get to boast in what God has done. Amen. And I'm going to tell you right now that I see the fruit of obedience. I see the fruit of obedience now because obedience brings blessings. And years ago when I said that phrase to somebody that should have known better because he was a pastor. And, 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 and I said to this individual and I said, well, obedience brings blessings. You know, he looked at me and he laughed right in my face. He did. He literally laughed. And he's like... Like, who are you? You're from some other planet. Obedience brings blessing. We're just supposed to walk in the spirit. We walk in the spirit, but we also walk in truth. 
Obedience brings blessings. I can vouch for that personally. God is concerned with your obedience. He is watching your walk. He is watching your life. He is watching the words, the, the thoughts, the inner thoughts that end up becoming the actions, right? So obedience brings blessings. And I'm so grateful because I give him all the glory. I'm boasting in the Lord Jesus, are you? So Samuel, he made a bad decision. I mean, he's a prophet, but that doesn't mean that he made all the right decisions. He made a bad decision, but the thing is that the Israelites did as well. I want you to turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 8, starting in verse 1. And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Right there is the bad decision. Samuel could not look objectively at his own son's sin <laughs> because if you remember, he was influenced by Eli, and Eli did the very same thing. Do you guys remember that? And I've told you time and time again, who you're influenced by will determine your life, your future. So be careful about who you're influenced by. Be, be careful who you put yourself under. Be mindful. Make sure it's truly of, of God. Jump down to verse 3. But his sons did not walk in his ways. And they turned aside after dishonest gain. They took bribes and they perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and they came to Samuel at, at Ramah and said to him, look, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. There, that's, that's the mistake right there. They wanted to be like everyone else, the other nations, right? But this thing displeased Samuel. This prophet, he knew. He said, this, is, this grieved him when, when they said, give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. He made his sons to be judges over, over, over Israel because he was influenced by the same spirit that, that Eli had. And Eli did the same. Right? And, and his sons were, were priests in the house of the Lord, and they should not have been. They were doing all kinds of wicked things, wicked behavior. I want you to, I want you to quickly turn to Numbers 14 and 18. The Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. Praise God. But, he says, he by no means clears the guilty. He visits the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. So we see here that the iniquity of the fathers get repeated to the third and fourth generation. We're not going to turn there, but if you go, it's not the only place that this is mentioned. Okay, in, in Exodus 34.7, if you want to write it down, you can look it up later. It's, it's basically the same, but Exodus 34.7, same thing, right? But there is a scripture I want you to look at, and it is in Exodus 25 and 6. This is when Moses was receiving the Ten Commandments. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations to those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commands. So in this Verse here, we see that he's, he's not only, it's not just the third and fourth generation that, of, of the curse, but there's a blessing that goes to the thousands of generations for those who love him and keep his commandments. Yeah. 
right? So there's a blessing, so it's like the choice is ours. Are you going to walk in the blessing or do you choose to walk in the curse? Because God doesn't want you to walk in the curse. He wants you to walk in the blessing. And it's, the provision is already made for you, right? It's already made. Let's go back to 1 Samuel. Because this, this chapter is powerful and I, want, and I want you to get it, all of us, to get all that he has for us in this chapter. So let's go back to chapter 8, 1 Samuel chapter 8 in uh, 7. We're going to read 7 through 9. And the Lord said to Samuel, heed the voice of the people. Remember, they cried out for a king. He says, heed, listen, to the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. So you see this man of God, though he shouldn't have had his sons be these judges. At the same time, he was a man of God and he walked before the Lord in fear and trembling. And you can see here that he knew this is not the will of God, but God said, listen, just listen. Watch what I'm going to do, basically. Verse 8, according to all the works which they have done since that day that I brought them up and out of Egypt, even to this day which they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. So he's saying, Samuel, I don't want you to look at this as if they're doing this to you. When you stand as the voice of God, when you stand as, as the one with a sane mind, a sound mind, a clear mind, and you speak the truth and, and not everyone receives it, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting God. Amen. And you have to know that so that you don't take it personally and then it becomes something about between you and them. God wants to use you in greater ways than he is using you right now. But in order to do that, you have to realize when they reject you and you're living right, you're walking right. When, when they reject you, they're really just rejecting the truth of God's word. Assuming that, of course, you are living right, right? You're, you're coming with the right heart, the right motive. You're, you're, your life is one that is bathed in prayer and in the word. Look at verse 9. Now, therefore, heed their voice. This is what the Lord is telling him. Heed their voice. However, you shall solemnly forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. So he's saying, no, 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 just that's fine. Let them have what they continue to persist and pursue. Let them have what they're begging. Let them have what they think is good because they have forgotten the ways of the Lord. They have rejected the Lord. They just want what they think they want. They want what they see other people having. Stop looking at somebody else's field and say, oh, it must be better over there. I want what they have. I, I, I want this. I want that. Instead, say, Lord, what do you have for me? Because that is the perfect will of God in my life, and I'm not going to compare myself with somebody else. Right? We can't do that. We, we cannot do that. Church, do not do that. We will. We miss, we miss the beautiful, perfect will of God in our lives when we do that. So the Israelites, they insisted on a king. Do you really want a king? Do you really want this king? Do you realize what this decision will cost you? And your family. Let's, let's look at verse 11. I'll read 11 through 18. And it says, and he said, this will be the behavior of the king. Remember, he was, God told him, I want you to give them what they want, but tell them what they're going to receive too. So here he goes. He says, this will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots, 
to be his horsemen, and some will run before his chariots. He will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties, and uh, will set some to plow the grounds and reap his harvest, and some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields, of your vineyards, and your olive groves, and he will give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give it to his officers and servants, and he will take your male servants and your female servants. Are you getting the point here? Your finest young men and your young donkeys and put them to work. He will take a tenth of your sheep and your servants will be, and you will be his servants. You will be his servants. And look at 18. And you will cry out in that day because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. The Lord said, yeah, you can give them what they want. Tell them they're going to have what they want. Tell them what it's going to cost them, not just for them, but for their families. Do you know that it is so important how we walk because what our decisions affect other people, right? It affects our families. And, and so our decision, that's why we want to pursue the beautiful, perfect will of God and not persist against God's will. Because it doesn't just come at a cost for you. It'll come at a cost for those that God has entrusted you to take care of. And age has nothing to do with this. And maybe they're not even living in your homes anymore. It doesn't matter. You're still the voice that God has chosen to influence over them. Right? So we have to remember, your decisions matter. What you say, what you do, how you act, where you go, it matters. You have the ability and the potential to bless them, to be standing firmly on the word of God. They may not always like it. They may not like what you say. But if you just be obedient to the will of God, you will watch and see the turnaround. Amen. How many of you have already seen some of that in your lives? You've seen some of the turnaround? Yeah? Thank you, Lord. God will never abandon us. We have to know this. I think we all know this. God will never abandon us. He says, I will never forsake you, right? He's never going to leave you, right? But his discipline, his discipline is to draw you back to holiness. Amen. He does require holiness, Amen. which really goes back to abiding in him, which is what we talked about all on Thursday, so rich and so full about abide, about abiding with him. Let's look at 19. We're still in 1 Samuel 8. And it says, Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, No, but we will have our king over us. I mean, they just heard what was going to happen. Talk about hardening their hearts. No, he says, No. You just got done saying that you're going to be, you're, you guys are going to all be servants. So were your kids. He's going to take the best of everything. No, but we will have a king over us. Tell me. Does, does the pressure, right, the, does the pressure of, of those around you sometimes, is that pressure pretty strong sometimes? Can it be pretty strong? Oh, yeah, when you're standing for truth and no one else is, can it be pretty strong, that pressure? Has anybody been in that kind of a position where you know that you know this is not of God? Can that pressure be pretty strong against you? But are you strong enough with the power of God in you to stand up against that and say, no, I'm sorry, you're wrong, and I'm not going to come down, and I'm not bowing to your demons? Yes, 
Instead, you have too many Christians that just bow to somebody's demons or are afraid of hurting somebody's feelings. Well, how about God? Yeah. How, about a, how about let's be more concerned about not offending God? How about let's not be, let's, let's be, let's realize that if I sin, I offend my maker. And I'm not going to do that. And so if someone doesn't like or they reject the truth, that's not my responsibility. I'm called to stand for truth, holiness. So are you. And we're called to stand and pray. We're called to stand and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yes, we release the love of God, but love is also just. Right? And so we're, we're supposed to speak forth. I'm telling you right now, you hear so much. It, we're in the pulpit. There's so much garbage, so much mixture. It's disgusting. It's terrible. People losing their faith over things that should never have happened, but yet they did. And then people lying and trying to cover it up and justifying horrific, horrible behavior because you were seen as some Bible scholar and now all of a sudden you haven't even humbled yourself and you should. And then everyone just wants to be hush-hush about it. But lives are being affected in negative, terrible ways, but we just want people to just hush-hush, hush-hush. Stop. Where's the voice of reason? Where's the voice of truth? Will you be the one that God can entrust to speak truth in your own circles? Wherever God has entrusted you, in your own families, it's got to start somewhere, right? Will you be that voice to say, you know what? I may not know about all of that what she's talking about, but I know this one thing. Is my responsibility to keep my heart right and keep my heart clean and pure and to follow after the word of God, and that I will do. Those that don't understand, those that don't like, those that leave, let them. You have to run after and chase after. Those that leave, you're to stand in truth, and you're to be the voice of God for them. So verse 20, that, that we also may be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. This is what they're still, they're still trying to justify their poor behavior, their lame decisions. Wow. But we just want so that our king will go out and fight our battles for us. You are to stand up and fight on your own two feet. That's why he gave you the sword. That's why he gave you the sword of the Lord. What are you doing with the sword? But God's going to fight my battles. Yeah, he will. You better be in that battle. You better be fighting too because you are his representation here on earth. Amen. And God does work through people. He works through us. He didn't have to. He can come down and just do it himself. He didn't choose to do it that way. He chose to work through people. So here they're trying to justify this horrible decision that they just really want to be people pleasers and they want to be like everybody else. But God says, you're not like everybody else. You're a peculiar person. It's true. Okay, so that we may be like everybody else, that the, judge, that, that the king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people and he repeated them in the hearing of the Lord. So the Lord said to Samuel, heed, listen to their voice, and make them a king. And Samuel said to the men of Israel, every man go to his city. In other words, everybody go home. Just go home. Wow. 
just because God grants you your request does not mean that God is favorable with your ask. You might think, well, he granted the request. Doesn't mean he was favorable with our ask. Listen to these fateful words. I'm going to repeat it again. 1 Samuel 8, 22. 8, 22. And it says, so the Lord said to Samuel, heed their voice and make them a king. Oh, boy. God did not look with favor, nor was he blessing them, church. He was angry as he granted their request. When Jonah insisted to do his own will, there was a boat that was provided. It was not God's approval. It was his judgment. We don't go by signs. You don't go by circumstances. You don't make your decisions based on signs and circumstances. We make our decisions based on our ability to hear the word of God, know the will of God, and follow after it. Amen. Not if everything lines up. All oh, the stars all lined up. Oh, I saw this. This happened. That happened. God brought this. Are you sure it was God? And if it was God, is it a judgment? Because that boat was not the blessing of God. But to cause him to do the will of God, to repent. We know what happened. If you guys know the story, my goodness, he had to be swallowed up and live three days in the, in the stomach of a, of, a, of a fish, of a whale. He had, to be, he had to be literally within the stomach, like swallowed up and thrown out and cast to the sea. And he was still in rebellion. No, church. It's not the way to go. It's not the way to go. Did God tell you to do this? That's the question. It's the question you have to remember to ask yourself, did God ask me to do this? Or am I being pressured? Am I being pressured by culture? Am I being pressured by somebody I know and love? Did God ask me to do this? Is this you? Lord, is this you? That's honestly, if you don't get anything else out of this message, please hear me right now. Did God ask me to do this? If the answer is yes, and you know this is the Lord speaking, then you go in confidence. You go in confidence and you do the will of God. God told you to do it, God's going to back you up. Amen. If God didn't tell you to do it, he's also not going to back you up. Doesn't mean that God's not going to come back around and he's going to give you a second chance. We know God is very merciful. But I'm saying don't allow that thought process, Amen. right, to be what leads you. Well, God is going to forgive. Well, God is going to be merciful because there are also consequences to sin, yeah. right? So we don't make decisions based on circumstances. We don't make decisions based on signs, but on hearing the voice of God. And if you can't hear the voice of God, church, because somebody's, well, I can't hear the voice of God. Well, then you need to stop right there, Junior, and make sure we learn how to hear the voice of God. You have to be able to hear the voice of God. If you can't hear the voice of God, we have a problem. You have to stop. Don't make any major decisions, basically. Don't make any major decisions until you have learned how to hear the voice of God. Now, God is gracious. He'll teach you. He'll teach you. But if you're in the word of God, you're going to start hearing the voice of God. It's not a tangible. I mean, of course, God can and has. But predominantly, he will speak to you through his word. The inner witness of the Holy Spirit 
speaks in various ways. We've talked about this in the past. But I'm telling you, you'll be able to know and discern this is the voice of God. This is what God's directing me to do. Right? And so you're hearing the voice, and that's so important. It's so important. So if you can't hear again, you're not hearing, then wait. Don't make any major decisions because the permission of God may not be the will of God. It might be the permissible will, but it's not the will of God. Then it's not really the Lord, right? Not fully. So Psalm 106 and verse 15, I've given you the scripture before, but I'm going to give it to you again. He gave them their request, but he sent leanness to their souls. Because it, it applies perfectly to what we're talking about today. He gave, them, he gave them their request, but he sent leanness to their souls. We don't want leanness to be sent to our souls just because you received your request. If your request was not of God and now you're left empty, you have leanness. In other words, there's no Christian depth. There's no, there's no maturity. There's no spiritual maturity. There's leanness. You might be saying, well, why is she coming on so hard? Well, because there's too much deception out there. And I see people, I see the church left and right falling, many of them. It's, it's horrific. Not okay, guys. We are to pray for them. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. But we cannot lower the standard. Can't lower the standard. God doesn't lower the standard. We cannot lower the standard. Never override God's will by your desires. Do not insist on your will once God has revealed his. Don't insist on your will once God has revealed his. If, he's real, if he has revealed his will to you, the best thing to do is to line up and say, Lord, I may not like it. I may not agree. I may not even understand it. But I am submitted to you. Because you know the day will come where you will understand it fully. You will also see the blessing. You will also see the hand of God. You'll see that God truly is for you and not against you. You may not see it all at first. We usually don't. But if you just keep on keeping on, trust him with everything within you, you'll see it. You'll see God is good. He is faithful. All throughout the scriptures, we read that God is faithful. Even when we're not, he's still faithful. So what does that tell you? Even when you don't understand or don't like, trust what God is saying. Trust him. If you don't know the will of God, then wait. Don't make any major decisions. If you don't know the will of God, wait until you do. Now, there are some things that are pretty minor, but I'm talking about big, big like some major decisions. You must wait because some of the worst decisions are made because somebody else said it was right. You never had the witness. You never had the Holy Spirit say yes. You never had that. You were, you know, you're trusting somebody else. Well, I sure hope that person that you're trusting is truly somebody that hears from God. And most of the time, that's not the case. And so the thing is a complete catastrophe. But then again, that turns right about right back to who are you submitting yourself under? And are they truly somebody that hears and walks with God? Or are you just going with what seems comfortable and, and common? Over and over and over. My goodness. Many times in my life, you guys, I cannot tell you how many times. I have warned people to go a certain way. Some have heeded, some have not. And for those that have heeded, I see the blessing. I see the fruit, the fruit of the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But oh, the consequences. The consequences when they don't. Very, very sad. 
Do you want to know what the true heart of a prophet of God is? Like, what's the true heart of God's prophet? When I want to turn to 1 Samuel 12. Because here, it just says it very clearly. 1 Samuel 12 and 23. This is, moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. In spite of Israel's headstrong behavior, Samuel continued to pray and to teach them. Did he not? We have to. We must pursue the will of God. For the flesh profits nothing. We will pursue the will of God. We will stand firmly on his word. And as we do this, you will start to see the fruit of righteousness being developed in your lives. Right? And you'll start to see that the Christian walk is really not that difficult. Once you are fully committed, that doesn't mean it's never, you never... You, you're never, uh, you know, in opposition with things that are not of God, things that are coming against. It's not, it's not always easy. In other words, it's sometimes difficult, but God gives you a grace, even when it's hard. He gives you a grace. See, when you know when it's settled within you, no matter what, that's the, that's, that's the, that's the core. Is it settled within you? Has it already been settled within you? I'm not going anywhere other than where he calls me to. I'm not moving. I'm not budging. I am not going to allow anything nor anyone to cause me to shift from perfect obedience with God. What do you mean perfect? God sees you as perfect. And that doesn't mean you never sin, but that means that you literally have your eyes set on Christ. And so should you be sinning less and less? You better believe it. You better believe it. You see the walk of holiness, the walk of purity increase. I was driving here today and we're at a stoplight. And at the stoplight, there's a vehicle right next to me. And, and I was praying. I was just talking to the Lord about the service today and asking the Lord, you know, help me to deliver this message in the way you would have me to deliver it. And pull, pulls up next to me this truck and their music, so loud, so horrific. I mean, my windows were up, their windows were up, but I can still hear the music, right? And it was horrible. I never turned their direction. I'm praying, and, and the whole time I'm just going, how offensive. Now, trust me, I'm not like, oh, I'm offended. How offensive. That's different. That's like, wow. And immediately I thought of this. You know, the world, like a, a message like this, right? A message like this, it's going to offend many people. This is true. It's going to offend people. Why? Because people don't want to hear the truth. Jesus offended people all the time. They'd be like, wow, I'm offended. You're so white and black. You mean you're going to call sin, sin? You better believe it. Because it is. And Jesus did. But Jesus sat with the, with the rebellious, with the sinners. Absolutely, he did. To lead them to repentance. And that was his goal. I'm at the stoplight, and I'm thinking about this 
message, and I hear this music, and I hear my spirit, that's offensive. And I think to myself, the world thinks we are offensive if you say you're a Christian. Forget about if they hear a message like this. You just say you're a Christian. You say you're a conservative Christian. Automatically, you're offensive to them. What happens for some is they're like, oh, I don't want to be offensive to them. So they lessen their standards. They get muted. They don't say what they need to say. They cower. They, they lessen the standard. Stop. How about the fact that sin should be offensive to you? If you're truly walking with Christ, sin is offensive. Listening to that horrible music was offensive. It should empower you. It should empower you to say, I carry the spirit of God. Not in a prideful way. Those of you that know me know, it's not, I'm not talking about pride. I'm not talking about pride at all. God humbles the, the one that's proud. But I'm talking about holy living. I'm talking about righteousness. I'm talking about pursuing Christ with everything within you and walking as one that wants to honor him. How about the fact that sin is offensive to us? When you have that, you realize, I'm not going to let the world shut my mouth. And that's the point in this. Don't let the world shut your mouth. Don't let them intimidate you to keep you silent or to lessen your standard. Because the standard is not your standard. It's the word of God. That's already been set, and that's not going to change. And so even as Samuel stood, all of Israel was like, I want a king. We want a king. We want a king. We want a king. You don't really want a king. This is what they're going to do. We want a king. Fine. Here's your king. We'll get into that chapter the next time, but Samuel prayed. He continued to pray, though they were rebellious. He continued to pray, to heed, to teach. That's our job. And watch your heart. And this is the last thing that I'm going to say, is that in doing all that I just got done telling you, we also need to guard our hearts. Don't let your heart get prideful. Don't think that you're better than somebody else. But don't subdue yourself either under the world's standard because that's not where you've been planted. You have been planted on solid ground.